We know a lot of people whose job is to know what's cool. But we actually have the truth about what's cool. What's really cool is cryptocurrency. <laughs> I, I'm going to butcher all these names because I would usually have something to reference for this. Lu- Lucas Ager. Luke Ager. I know him because he's in a band called Fang or was in a band or maybe did visuals for them. I don't know. I remember a couple of years ago. Two things stuck out about it to me. One was they had really cool looking stuff with a, was like a guy surrounded by swords and was like walking around. It was like a cool body AR filter type deal. The number two is the group was called Fang, which to for like an art group to be called that two years ago, it's like very tongue in cheek. Like they know Silicon Valley. They know the term Fang. Now it's kind of cringe because it's we're so far down the line and it's everyone knows that. But uh, they were referenced in as this is like a dude in LA throwing parties, um, someone to to be cognizant of. I saw the bio and I was like, he's got some good claims in here. The last rock star, and uh, that that's in his bio. He calls himself the last rock star. But I click on the first act, the first thing he's prioritizing over everything else, and my spidey senses start tingling because I think this is influencer marketing. This is someone at some point in a contract was like, put the at in your thing. This is one of the deliverables. So for an influencer who doesn't, you know, the shit's manicured, but when money's on the table and you're a part of some bigger thing, um, generally you're just going to fucking do it. Uh, You're going to pin the comment on your YouTube video. You're going to add the thing underneath the caption. So I find Praxi Society, which is basically a crypto commune arts movement. Uh, Passing the mic to Chris. What, what do you think of crypto communes and crypto and communism? When I think about like really cool things to draw from an art, when I think of things that like nobody else has done, I think about communism. Communism is really fresh, new, exciting, and crypto, just really honest, good people who really care for the arts. I mean, have you seen some of those NFTs? Some of the most beautiful art I've maybe ever seen. This is a weirdly hyperstitioned episode because two things I posted today. One was a bored ape, a uh, lifelike 3D oh, model at oh, a skate park. I saw that. And a guy does like a kickflip over a thing, and then it's the bored ape, and the bored ape goes, he says something like, cool, he flicked it. <laughs> like so evidently they just got someone and they're like bro this is kids are gonna love this kids are gonna love when the board ape says this we should put him everywhere it's like man just mold by get youth events except that's a good dichotomy is curtis yarvin versus the board ape at youth cultural events is someone outside right now what's happening i'm like trying to figure it out i don't think so though but um i've seen it's interesting to see it as a presence in a video like a roger rabbit type thing because the other thing i've seen is that there's people who identify with the nft like Mm -hmm. they put the (laughs) nft on like as their face like they are the nft yeah yeah and that both of these are horrific for an artist andy warhol was not the endlessly reproduced pictures that he made 
Andy Warhol was Andy Warhol. When an artist is like giving themselves over to crypto, to a really, really duplicitous um, nonsense world and not mastering it when they are beheld and unto it, I think it's like just one of the most pathetic things. Someone I was talking about um, this with was saying it's the easiest way to like sift through artists now is if someone has an NFT project in their in their bio or they're somehow like shilling some sort of cryptocurrency. It's just the easiest way to be like they're done. It's nothing. <laughs> um, that's why it was so upsetting because I, I you know having this person referenced in and hearing that they're doing interesting things to immediately see that is like it's like you're betting on a future that I think in their hearts they all know is going to lose. But well, that's the same as communism. It's like a, it's a very deeply false telos because it's operating on. So number like Christianity has failed is a failure and Marxism is just an atheistic Christianity. The telos is already gone. People hate, I, people hate when I say that to them, that, uh, <laughs> Christians make the best Marxists. They immediately, it's just like brain fucking reject and grab at. And then crypto, it's like the telos of capital, of consumer capital and consumer investment, both of which are like just complete fucking nonsense 20th century things. But bro, you can't just criticize everything. You can't just <laughs> criticize things and not provide a solution. What, what solution What's do you the have? solution? Vibe. Vibe. <laughs> <laughs> what, if, what if there was an answer to every failed political ideology? What if there was... A way out of the labyrinth. What if you're addicted to porn, you read r slash conspiracy, and it's not hitting the way it used to. So maybe you, you up the dosage, you start going to some chans, you start talking to the homeless man who <laughs> lives outside of the convenience store that you frequent. Um, what if you happen to get a kick out of watching Hassan Piker? What if you play a lot of video games? What is the answer when I feel the internet pulling at the very fabric of my being. Give in. <laughs> Go under. <laughs> that shit was Die. I, I think that's that's the meme meme uh, affirmation of the episode is the new slogan, the new motto. Go under. Anytime anyone says anything to the detriment of any of these ideas, just go under. That has been my go-to response. It was good. I saw it on one of the posts and I was like, I'm going to pin this. <laughs> this is so fucking funny. That's been my response to you for YouTube comments, the entirety of the channel. Cause that's my favorite Nietzsche. Like it's an, it's not even an insult. It's just, it's a, it's will. It's like, we already know you're not going to make it. Just go under. Like if you, if you hate on YouTube, go under. I think if we even just break down the the semiotic structure of that phrase, imagine we're we're balls of energy, we're tetrahedrons flying through the cosmos, and you intersect with another another will, another spirit. You force them down. You say, "I am above. Go down. Go underneath." That is the very uh, the utterance is just get the fuck out of the way. That is the essence of the crowned and conquering child in Thelma is like stamp down the wretched and the weak. Our law is the law of the strong and the joy of the world. But it's not, it's not a hateful 
people take that as like a hateful fascistic thing and it's not it really it's not it's bro, like, it's, bro it's bro this is a different strain bro try that but um it's it's totally unintentional the going under is a natural it's like embrace embracing what is already going to occur just as do what thou wilt if i, I could say do what thou wilt to them and it would mean the same thing as go under because they are going under and there's no shame in being the going under. There would be no waves without the ebb. There would be no flow without ebb. Gotta get in to get out. I think that is actually a, something I think about a lot with the myth and what makes the best uh, hero of the story is just fully immersing oneself in the swamp uh that that very person you said go under to he's now albert einstein he's he's gonna come out and run the best uh meme analysis fan page a year from now he will suddenly accrue massive massive following and uh spread the best funnies the insightful great, ones the great going under i think one of the most compelling things we talked about and I drew from it in that article um, Languages of Virus is the person who comes out what comes out from that ebb what flows back like who makes it out of these really horrible things who can do it because I think that that might be the joke not not to be mean but like that's kind of the problem with some of the goon memes is like we're still in it it's like you can the memeing is funny from the point of victory and not to be conceited, but like I had much, I was under for a lot of the channel. Like I was, I was very, very unhealthy and overcame a good amount of it. And that's why I feel more justified. Like it is something that has to be done. And I think what I've, what I've wanted, people have been asking they're like, how do you, how do you, people are like, how do you, how did you lose the weight? How do you lose weight? And it's not about focusing on the problem. No problem can be overcome by focusing on the problem. It's what I found is like, it's sacrifice. It's a matter of sacrifice. Any, because, you know, if you truly believe you are sick, if, you know, you've, you've taken the first step is realizing you have a problem and you actually don't want this problem this is not just a a passive oh i would be i'd look better if i was this way or oh i would like this or that i would like more money or whatever all of that is not true the truth is the thing that comforts you that is your life it's the great lamb it's the great thing it's the god of your life and you need to sacrifice it heartlessly, willingly destroy what has kept you going, what has made you comfortable. That is the only, only way to come out. This makes me think of a good friend of the pod, a man named J.D. Roth. I might actually be saying that wrong. I always mix it up, but he created The Biggest Loser, I uh, 
met him like three or four years ago. He's actually weirdly he's made like half of the reality TV shows of the '90s and early 2000s. Like he was the progenitor of the concepts. But the biggest losers, you know, the the major one about weight loss. But uh, when I was talking to him first, it was in like an interview capacity, and that's what he talked about as the through line with that show. Because he, for like uh, however many seasons it's been on, saw people basically the ones who made it through overcome these huge hurdles and like lose like fucking three hundred pounds over the course of like three months or some ridiculous thing like that. And he said it was always something with trauma always something spiritual and there was like a turning point and it never had anything to do with diet or exercise it was always like confronting and you know um, he's he's smiling upon us right now the last time I, I talked to him he was doing actually this is some some good juicy insider info but apparently um i definitely i don't know if i'm allowed to say this i was in a doctor Got weight, he's now 300 pounds. No, he was <laughs> apparently addicted to opioids, oh. and they were making a documentary about it at the time, and then they just disappeared it like it never came out. You can't find anything about it, but the documentary is out there somewhere, and it was like reference. Hmm. This, this might need to be pseudo redacted. I feel like he's gonna fucking find me and beat the shit out of me. <laughs> he, he was such an inspiring person to meet though, because he was like actively he was a true goon because he was like i am stupid i know nothing i just try really hard (laughs) and that's what it comes down to like you don't need to know things you you can know this is like whether you know corinthians like you know though you speak with the tongues of angels and you have the gift of prophecy and you have great moral acts if you don't have love if you don't have vibe it is all it is all nothing it is all meaningless all of the knowledge is without a point lest you sacrifice if you make that leap this is actually something jung talks about heavily in psychological types with the very first theologians origen and um shoot Something with a T. All right. I'm not, I'm going to sound really dumb. Whatever. See, I'm, I'm an idiot, but I try hard. And we're going to try. I, I remember what they say. So Origen, he was a fuck boy. He was a pagan. He'd fuck a lot. And then he cut his dick off for Christ. He sacrificed his primary pleasure. The thing he loved most in life is what he sacrificed for God. Um, this guy, it might be Theocritus. I don't think it's Theocritus, but it's something like that. But he, he has the great, the credo quia absurdum, which is, I believe it because it is absurd. He's like, I believe in the resurrection because it's impossible. He, cause he was a great scholar. He was a, a brilliant uh, pagan philosopher and he sacrifices his rationality for God. Any great commitment is a greater sacrifice. What do you envision that as on the internet? What is the ultimate sacrifice? For the internet or to get away from the internet? To get away. To get away. Well, to start... the the person who is stuck. To start, we have to start with the, the sacrifice to the internet. Like, what is sacrifice to the internet? Um... 
which is the body, which is the greatest thing. Like the most significant thing is the first to go. You rid yourself of the body for the sake of like infinite spiritual freedom. What you perceive and experience as infinite freedom. Um, like it's a, it's a feeling often associated with spirituality where you can do anything in the Godhead. All things can be thought, all things can be seen and done. And the body simply is a hindrance. Like the gamer can't do what his characters can. You could not read as many books as the information you can find online. You know, there, there are just, you, can, you can't sleep with every girl that you can jerk off to in porn. These are all things that require a sacrifice of the lived bodily experience for the sake of infinite digital experience. And so to overcome it, the great sacrifice is the digitized soul. That great big spiritual head that you've built, that you've, you've structured through your internet usage and through your enjoyment is what needs to be sacrificed. And that's something I think about all the time. I'm like, if I just got rid of the internet, I would never ever hear certain things again. I'd never see certain things again. You lose it for good if you truly sacrifice it. And it makes me think about Faust. It makes me think about Faust. Um, the willingness to make the deal with the devil. The willingness to sacrifice what, you know, to, to sacrifice your soul. Makes me think of the arrow and the stuff we were doing about a year ago. The act of puncturing the screen, pushing through. What about beyond that? Once one has sacrificed their digital soul. Well then, you are reborn. A Tom Thumb. You have a tiny, a tiny undeveloped body. And you need to go about building it. Getting stronger. Not just not fucking weightlifting, but like... <laughs> you know, it's, no, bro. It's definitely... Bro, bro. You have to start listening to soul bra. And, uh, Take pre-workout a lot and uh, get roided, bro. Um, but like the re-experiencing of the body, like just using your body again, having a lived experience with the body. And like this is the Tom Thumb journey is like I am, I am but a tiny little man. How am I going to experience the world without being destroyed? Because I do think there, there's still that innate terror. The internet is really good at hiding it. <laughs> like, it's experienced as perfect joy, and it's only in like moments of horrible reflection where they realize, like, damn, none of this is real, and I'm living a horrible nightmare. But the lived experience is one of constant terror to the child. This is one of the really essential Freudian things, is like, everything is death. Everything could kill you. And it's true. Like, we're constantly surrounded with death. We're just pretty good at avoiding it. But if you're not, like if, you, if you've not lived and experienced enough, you have to get good at not dying. Get good at not being swallowed. Or if you are swallowed, get good at getting out of whatever swallowed you. Gotta go stay in a cheap hotel in Akron, Ohio. <laughs> that is living. Uh, <laughs> damn, I had some thought during that about Tom Thumb. 
my fucking Akron joke just completely derailed the pod. Uh, I do think the the hardening of the skin, the danger. Oh, it was the fucking meme. It was the thing with the the Black Mirror. Um, mm. the, the I saw an amazing meme. It was <laughs> the pointing soy jacks pointing at. Um, it's like a Hellraiser. Mm. And they're pointing at the tortured, like pulled apart man. And I thought that is the best version of the Black Mirror, where when you see yourself, uh, you know, you've spent ten hours watching Netflix or you know, jerking to obscure um, fetish porn, and you see yourself in the reflection. Uh, you're not just seeing yourself; you're seeing yourself being tortured by the demons of the internet, being pulled apart at the seams, and they're pointing at you, laughing. That should Absolutely. be the, the episode cover. That's a such a brilliant image, and no, you know, little bit of little bit of a spoiler, but we don't. Really, I think we we just talk about Twin Peaks. I'm not going to say who it is, but somebody looks in the mirror, and looking back at them is you know the demon attached to them laughing just laughing at it laughing at what they make them do and somebody the guy we've been who've been staying with who you've talked to he he talks about scientology he thinks scientology is kind of schizophrenic he he thinks thetans are like kind of a schizophrenic idea but i really don't i think it's a pretty intuitive thing like you can see the roots of it in animism you can you can see these threads of like there are things that want me to do badly. There are things that want my energy and want to torture me. Um, it's a religious idea. I mean, one could one could argue the root of religion is schizophrenia, or rather that schizophrenia perceives what influenced religion. But it really is true. Like there there is no pain without an equivalent pleasure, but it's not a human pleasure. It's an inhuman pleasure. That and that's what fascism is. Fascism is like a becoming inhuman and taking a delight in inhuman suffering. It's like this immense commitment to dehumanizing oneself. It's something Huxley talks about. Huxley's like, it's the men who want to be gods who lose everything. They lose all of humanity. There's nothing better than be just being human. Makes me think of a project. I don't know if we should talk about it on, on air. This might be a Patreon thing, but there was a project to create a sort of digital god that was delighting in otherworldly, uh, inhuman pain, or humans choosing to embrace said things. I suppose that's kind of the alternative that Nietzsche gives is like it can, and it's a Christian thing too, where it's kindness, cruel to be kind. It's like, you have to be made aware of it to overcome it. You have to go under. That is the theme. That's what I find. Like a lot of the real serious meme analysis haters, which there really are very few and they mostly just go into DMS to do it. And it's a lot, they, they sound a lot like the ones who love it the most, which is people who it pierced. It's like something was said in one of the videos that really pierced you. It was an accurate 
look, because I think the thing that makes meme analysis interesting to people is that nobody else psychoanalyzes the internet. And so nobody else is speaking this very, very private, sensitive truth. And so when it's, when they hear it, um, you know, they, they transfer, it's transference of all of that pain and suffering. Like they think I am, I am the Hellraiser demon, like laughing at them, which maybe there's a little bit, but <laughs> most of it's not. No, 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 we're clipping the fascism quote to be like, this is why, why you are not. <laughs> um, there's no pleasure in these, these otherworldly pains. Um, no, that's really, I completely see it. It's always, uh, all of these things, when they hit a little bit too hard on the nose, can evoke such a reaction that I, I mean, we've talked about it with the types of, the types of angry DMs and the people who try to denigrate it the most. It is always just, you said something that was a little too, too true. I think there's a book that does it best. The book that is that what I found and like induces paranoid it indu- or not paranoid it induces nervous breakdowns in several people who I've talked to friends of mine who've read it it's a listen little man from Reich like it because it reveals all the forces laughing as they torment humanity all of the you know it's schooling it's government it's parenting it's religion all of them exist to distort, pervert, and repress. It exists to control the soul, to control the spirit and the love and drive of mankind. And it has been ascendant throughout the majority of humankind's history, at least recorded history. Like That's why Atlantis fell. Atlantis was like vibing so hard they had they'd lost all of those repressive forces and were flying around doing psychic magic and the earth was lo- the demons were probably like nah lemurs were like we gotta we need more pain <laughs> we're living in hell who caused the flood that's the thing god is not happy to see people fucking god does not like to see people having a grand old time Who do you think was, well, let's, let's get into the nitty gritty of the conspiracy of, of Atlantis. I'm curious if the Lemurians are as old and we transitioned aeons as well. So we're, you know, pre-Piscean. Um, pre, like pre, 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 maybe pre-Geminoan, like old, 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 old. Do they all stay in existence just like a rotating maybe cycle? They're all there, because I I wouldn't even imagine it had to be with how like fucked the timelines are. Does it have to be a god like a, a monotheistic god doing the flood? I well, I mean, I I think Jung is right. Like cultures are gods; they're gods embodied. That's why much of the much of the Old Testament and even the New Testament is about the destruction of Rome. Like it's war upon its god it's theomachy it's a war of gods each culture seeking to be the one god 
Where are we now? One at present, twenty twenty two. Well, we're at we're at kind of at the call it. We're at the calling of America. Is it ascendant or descendant? Is it to ebb or flow? Will we go under? A great going under. And who ascends? But the great Mongol hordes. <laughs> and what what is it that they are... Why are they warring? Not for glory, no. They are not like barbarians. Barbarians would burn books and burn libraries. The Mongols would collect all of the writing, all of the information, and put it in Xanadu. Xanadu is like an even better library of Alexandria. That was the goal. What is it? What is Xanadu? A library, a school, a city. Something moving or something... Stable, but what's really interesting is that that is the name of the internet, the first, like one of the very earliest projects of the internet. One of the early attempts at the internet was called Project Xanadu because it wanted to do it again. And it was to be, um, you know, information held by satellite that could be accessed at any library, um, an internet, an interconnected web of information. And it failed, but it, it, it directly led to hypertext. It directly led to the stuff that made the internet. Ted Nelson. The Akashic Records. And that, you know, that really is the thing is like much of the project of the internet, even according to Leary, it's like it's a materializing of the collective unconscious. It's a materializing of that unified energetic informational network. Is there any point where it can change radically? Do you see there being a point in the next decade or century in which purely by uh, the collective unconscious trying to rectify, or maybe we all go under, it could actually, we we could hit Atlantis? Yeah. I mean, I think that is the goal of the Aeon. Like this is, that's kind of the universally agreed upon thing is that this is the aeon in which we can achieve what had been lost. Like this is kind of the, this is the gold. This is the part where we get the gold. Is it through the internet or is it in rejecting it? Or is there some sort of hybrid that must, must happen? I mean, that is the dichotomy that I see coming. It's already, you know, kind of in existence, but I view it, you know, it's the age of Aquarius. And so you have the old Aquarius, which is angels, and the new Aquarius, which is aliens. You have the people who are like, we are going to ascend through technology. We are going to become machine. We're going to go beyond man. And then you have the ones who are like, oh, you know, peace, love, universal oneness. Um, and those are the angels. But I, I, I agree with Huxley, like, you know, we have to be men. We have to be humans. 
which is to to worship at both temples. We can have 50% metaverse. As a treat. But I think that's the other thing. It's like none of what exists now is going to make it. it. When it comes, it will be ubiquitous. It'll be a drug. It'll be choosy. Whatever comes will vibe. I can't help myself. I want to make a stable coin joke. You don't think Bitcoin's going to make it through, bro? That's kind of fucked up, honestly. It's kind of a fascist, honestly. I'm, I'm denying the, the coming, you know, the workers will own all the Bitcoin. You know, that's actually a good, that's a good vision, given that um, the word miner is so important to Bitcoin. It's all, you know, fucking hash rates and it's all the blocks are being mined. What is Where their, are the miners? Yeah, Why what, don't they own anything? What is their black lung? What is the, the Bitcoin miner? What, uh, what detrimental... What, what are, they are not wounded by it. Their souls are wounded. Yeah, true, true, true. It's just destroying the entire world instead of their own lungs. <laughs> it's Greta Thun... Th- I don't even know how to say her last name. Thunberg. She is the consolidation that idea. I would love if she Ted K'd crypto. I don't think anybody at this... Like, who could call it? There is no authoritative head that could be like, yo, this is bullshit. <laughs> I know who I know who this exact person is. It's a, a secret working, a, a Patreon-only working. Jim the Boomer will be the one to call it. A figure, one versed in the ways of the old Aeon, one who was bred by the monetary blade. He's the one who sees through. He's going to share news with us within the next six months that will be the resonance point on the, the skyscraper. You know, when like Tesla would... You hit it just right. It's the evangel. Evangel means good news. Like Angelos means messenger. Angel means messenger. And Ev is like good. The evangel. Good news. I've got good news. That gum you like is going to come back in style. Thinking about Bob Iger for some reason. The old Disney CEO? Isn't he the, the one now? Did no, he get taken out? No, Yeah, he's been out for a bit. It's this guy Chapek. Okay. Why is Kanye tweeting about him still? Is um, he still just behind the scenes? Yeah, I'd imagine he probably shifted into something else. I was thinking about um, my my favorite book. It's a MIA deep cut. He's it's, it's probably lost episodes here if I haven't talked about it in the past year. But uh, it's called Generation P, and you know the the story of it is a copywriter in Russia basically ascending behind the scenes to become the wife of or husband of Ishtar and the like, basically. Um, metaphysical head of media for um, a portion of the collective unconscious. And I think 
Bob Iger is probably like the closest to that. So it makes sense to me that Kanye in his like long schizo rants, which uh, in in the words of previous MIA episodes, schizo rants are the most truthful uh, projections of anything that's happening. Uh, in those Kanye, you know, all those IG posts, he'd be talking about Bob Iger like it's just like his enemy across the chessboard that Skeet and Kim are like small echoes of large scale shifts. Um, you know how old priests would wear animal heads? Like mm-hmm. the fish headed one is really common and it still exists in the bishop's hat. Like the chessboard piece is a fish. It's a fish mouth. Um, a lot of them had rams, horns. Today, it's the Mickey Mouse ears. <laughs> the fish head thing is, that's like fucking everywhere. That's the, uh, what is it, Graham Hancock. Uh, fingerprints of the gods. That's like one of the recurring. You find like these statues, very Atlantis oriented, but every human culture got got them fish people. Yeah, that I mean that's um, Gilgamesh. Mm-hmm. Like it's very very essential to the to the Sumerians, the Babylonians. Like that though, I think is like a prof- a prophetic thing. Like those are. That's like Jesus coming back before he is, you know, given um, his human form. Those are like the the people who would make Christianity, the people who are going to make Pisces, make the Piscean Aeon, kind of retroactively influencing. Mm-hmm. What uh, what does the Aquarian look like? Fairies and angels and. Jin, they're trickier. They're far less like, oh, gifts and things. It's more like whispering and tricks. Internet UFO. An internet UFO. 